Hey yo folks, this is Travis E. Taylor bringing you the next chapter of my novel Good Clean Fun, the story of Mercury and her group of nine teenage misfits she uses to help build her empire. She will mold the world to her will in search of wealth and power. Puppeteering her team, she'll use violence to dominate the drug game in her small city. I'll be releasing this story as an ebook and a podcast, week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Travis E. Taylor Author. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever app you're listening. Last time on Good Clean Fun, we followed Mercury, our head honcho, as she searched and eventually found Mars, the Indian-American behemoth she hopes will help keep her safe as she moves product around Dawnville. We will check in again with Mercury next week. Today, we are back with Jupiter and Saturn. In Chapter 6, Jupiter, the wealthy white boy with an overbearing father, under the stress of graduation and some heavy life decisions, brought a gun into school and decided to worsen the decision by allowing Saturn, the scrawny black Hellraiser, to hold it in class. Today, Saturn will be voiced by my dear friend, Eric Chatham. You may have heard me mention him in previous episodes as one of my beta readers for my African-American perspectives. On his time off of voice acting and beta reading, he is a father of two, a stand-up comedian, and an all-around creative type. I'm thankful to have his input, and I love the voice he gives Saturn on this episode. Uh, Today we will see how Saturn and Jupiter's friendship grows and dive a bit deeper into what is happening in the chaos that is Saturn's inner thoughts. And with that, let's take a deep breath. Good Clean Fun by Travis E. Taylor. Chapter 8. Saturn. October. Saturn's fingers tapped agitatedly on his left thigh. His right hand squeezed tightly the cork handle of his new Shakespeare ugly stick he got for a song down at the Cabela's in Brighton. He hadn't pulled in anything yet, but he wasn't upset about it. He was glad for the small level of relief fishing gave him from the chaos his head generated in abundance. If he was fishing, he wasn't instigating or destroying. It had not yet been six months since he graduated. Business was fine, he had no complaints there. He always had money in his pocket, but he was lonely and beyond restless. For years, he thought school was the problem. He viewed his lack of companionship as a result of being trapped in school, isolated from his like-minded brethren. But receiving his diploma and discovering all the worst parts of his day and his life were still very much alive was a tough pill to swallow. He contemplated all this, sitting on the edge of the double-barrel concrete drainage pipe that ran beneath the sole surface road that stretched from the outside world to his uncle's trailer. Well, he supposed it was his trailer now. Where his line met the water, he saw a wiggle. Circles echoed out from the point of contact disturbing the falling leaves that littered the creek. His fingers stopped tapping, and he eyed the water intently. But nothing came of it. In only a few short weeks, there would be a thin sheet of ice blanketing the fish that now evaded him. Eighteen months prior, his uncle had followed the way of Saturn's father and mother. Saturn didn't hold this against his mother's brother. 
Uncle Nick had tried to fight the good fight, but in the end, he just could not tolerate the consistent barrage of shit Saturn served to the individuals ignorant enough to stay in his life. Uncle Nick went to stay with his girl out in Chicago, a girl Saturn had never heard mention of prior to Uncle Nick pulling out of the driveway in his beat-up pickup. There was a time when Saturn wondered if his parents felt any residual remorse for abandoning him. Saturn took no ownership for his father leaving before his first day of kindergarten, but he was solely responsible for his sweet mother's departure. It was not easy to drive a black mama from the nest, but he found a way. It took a decade and a half of ceaselessly challenging and rejecting every belief his family held dear, ultimately rendering himself unlovable and their house unlivable. These thoughts were so profoundly painful he had created, in response, a simple system that served him well. He buried all his unpleasant memories deep down. As a result, he had a memory like a goldfish. He reeled in his line, avoiding a fallen log. Only a small portion of his worm remained. He pulled a plastic sky-blue tub out of his backpack and grabbed another worm, expertly feeding it onto his hook as its skin turned into sandpaper. He launched the line out again, which landed directly under a willow tree that cascaded its branches over the water's edge like a shower of fireworks. His day was devoid of socialization, the only exception being the headset of his new Xbox One playing Call of Duty. He would pester, torment, tease, belittle, using any tool at his disposal to infuriate his opponent or ally. These brief relationships, only 15 minutes long, were accurate representations of his real-world connections. He compulsively tested, driving away the people he cared for. Even he could not be surprised by his seclusion. Saturn was an intelligent man, experienced and knowledgeable with a plethora of hobbies and interests, inarguably funny with a large collection of toys that included an ATV, guns, bows, two dirt bikes, sitting on a couple of acres of land, and here was the kicker, where he grew his own weed. On paper, he was a young adult male's wet dream, platonically of course. Despite all this companionship bait, the only people who ever called or visited were there to buy, and made it all too clear that that was where the correspondence would end. Day before last, he had set his dirt bikes out in the driveway when someone said they would be swinging by. Mid-deal, he looked over at them and said, Bet a little homo like you can't handle something like that, trying in vain to goad them into a ride. Though his weed was top-notch, he did the research, put in the time, and his mother had passed down her green thumb, the same thumb she had used to hitch a ride out west. He knew his customers only came to him as a last resort. He tossed much of his product out after it collected mold in its Ziploc bags. This affected him very little. He lived a comfortable life. He had started paying the mortgage well before Uncle Nick had split. He splurged often on expensive toys. He was financially blessed, for lack of a better word. He rarely felt angry at the people in his life that rejected him. How could he blame them? He knew what he was. People should not let poison into their lives, and he was poison incarnate. Spending his life feeling small and unwanted, he understood why someone would not invite that negativity into their own lives. If he killed himself, he would use a pistol or a shotgun. 
bleeding out in a tub or swallowing a handful of pills, was a woman's way out. He shivered at the power of the thought, its attractiveness. He pulled his line in again, took the worm off the hook and threw it into the water. He downed the rest of his Red Bull, then threw the empty can and the tub of bait into his backpack before slinging it over his shoulder. Back at his ATV, he bungeed his rod to the rack behind his seat. Leaning against the machine, he pulled his cell phone out of his pocket and clicked down his contacts to Gunslinger. He had yet to find the courage to call him, though Jupiter had willingly left his phone number in his yearbook with a message that said, Hit me up if you want to hang on the last day of school. Saturn slung a leg over his Honda four-track rancher and started it. The muffler was a bit loose, making it sound like a garbage disposal full of forks. His nerves on edge, he pressed send. After the first ring, he considered hanging up. Another ring, and the urge only grew. Why did he feel so exposed, so naked? Halfway through, the third ring, a voice came from the other end. Ian here. Saturn said nothing, just sat there, his machine vibrating under him, staring down the winding road that led to his double-wide. Hello, I can't hear you. Saturn gave an over-the-top laugh. <laughs> okay, okay, shut up, I'm on the phone. To sell the act, he wore a smile that Jupiter couldn't see. Hey man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm alright, I guess. I uh, can't really hear you. <laughs> Sorry about that, uh... What are, you, what are you up to? Not much. Uh, working, you know. Hey, uh, who is this? Saturn's heart dropped and prepared for the hang-up. Ronnie. You know, from Jacob's class. He decided to give another laugh and started tapping his fingers onto his thigh, matching the rhythm of his quickening heartbeat. Oh, hey, Ronnie. Jupiter sounded authentically excited. What's up, man? Not shit, just enjoying life after prison. Oh man, you went to jail? Nah, <laughs> man, I'm at school, you know? He paused awkwardly. I was just kidding. Anyways, uh, hey, you, you free tomorrow? You wanna, you wanna come chill? Aw, oh, shit. I wish I could. I, I gotta be up at the shop all day. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure he did. Saturn prepared to end the call, feeling betrayed. Then Jupiter perked up. Hey, Ronnie, uh, you looking for some work? We need another man on staff. It's a relaxed gig. I'd be your boss, so we can just, you know, fuck around. Saturn's shoulders fell back, straightening the spine that naturally curved forward into a noticeable hunch. He cut the engine. Ha, fuck that. I don't want to be a working stiff. Yeah, I get that. Jupiter sounded hurt. Can I think about it? Yeah, man. Take your time. He could hear Jupiter's smile return. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Saturn's hand rested evenly on his leg. Really? Great. Uh, do you want to swing by tomorrow and I can show you around? It's the shop on 14th, past the Texas Roadhouse. At 9? Or... Re really, whenever you want. Sounds great. 
See you then, boss. Jupiter laughed deeply, which filled Saturn with light. <laughs> Knock that off. I'll see you then. Saturn hung up. The trees above him swayed in the breeze beautifully, dropping copper leaves. He watched them fall, listening to the trickle of water from the drainage pipe and the rustle of branches playing a symphony just for him. Well, I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Good Clean Fun. As always, I'll be releasing the story chapter by chapter, week by week, but if you are eager to see what happens next, the next chapter is already available on Amazon Kindle and Letterpress. Links to both can be found on my website, travisetaylor.com. If you like the story, uh, do me a favor and leave a rating or a review, and most importantly, uh, tell a friend about it. Spread that good clean fun. I would like to thank Eric for coming on today. I used to sling burgers with him and his now wife, Katie, at the Red Robin up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, since, uh, their life has taken them back to California and me to Georgia, so it's been a long time since we've crossed paths. Uh, but bringing him onto this project has given us a reason to uh, connect more often, which has been very much needed, and it's been really nice. He's working on creating an online sketch comedy show, and I am really stoked for the release of that. He's always been a powerhouse of humor and creativity, so I know whatever he comes up with is going to be great. Before I let Eric go today, I did uh, want to ask him what he was currently reading. Eric Chatham here, and I am currently reading The Ipcris File by Lynn Dighton. It is a stellar British spy thriller, and uh, I almost can't put it down. It's really good. I'm also reading Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, I've always wanted to read it since I was in high school, and I never got around to it. And lastly, uh, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. And it is a brutal Western. Uh, I've never read anything by Cormac McCarthy, but boy, I'm almost done with this one, and it is... Thrilling to say the least. And uh, that's it. Da -da -da. Well, Eric, thanks for sharing. Um, not a huge Vonnegut fan myself, but I've read quite a few Cormac McCarthy's and they are all worth it. And all very, very dark. Uh, I would also like to thank Danny Contreras, who is responsible for today's music. And lastly, thank you for making the time to join me. See you next week for more good, clean fun when we will meet Earth, a Hispanic American teen who is about to get wrapped up in a world of trouble. See you then. Well, Eric, thanks for sharing. Um, not a huge Vonnegut fan myself, but I've read quite a few Cormac McCarthy's, and they are all worth it. And all very, very dark. 
Um, 